You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. Your weekly look at movies, video games, and more brought to you by your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. We're addicted to movies. Are you? Welcome to After The Show, Sid Talk. Welcome. Deja vu, man. Thanks. Welcome to the audience <laughs> out there. Hello, everybody. You're really good at repetition. We just did this and there was a little cough involved, so we're starting again. You're supposed to not <laughs> not say the behind the scenes stuff. I'm breaking, well, it doesn't matter. I can I'm chop breaking it the plastic wall or whatever. We're supposed to pretend. Nah, they don't care if we start over. That's good. We're trying to make quality podcasting. Yeah, but it's not the same if you start over. So the before the after the show discussion was this movie and as i was talking and talking and talking you said we have to stop this and start the podcast because you're talking about it exactly and then we (laughs) would be going over it again like a repetition thing correct all right so it is saturday august the 14th this is after the show we're a movie review podcast and this is episode 697 the movie we're looking at this week is the forever purge it's a 2021 movie it's not out on blu-ray yet but you can stream this Wherever movies are streamed, wherever that is, Sid Talk, I have no idea. Wherever. Wherever they are, you can get it there. It's rated R. Multitude of choices. And the studio is Universal, who let us watch a cup. It is available right now, so you can go and watch this. Sid Talk, give us the synopsis, and then I will give you the real synopsis. It is The Forever Purge, right? That's just the title, not the synopsis. I think that's the synopsis. If you know anything about the Purge movies, everything becomes legal for one night, even murder, because these weirdos took over the country. And uh, now we're going to say it's the Forever Purge, which means the weirdos who love it don't want it to end. All right, here's the actual synopsis. All the rules are broken as a sect of lawless marauders decide that the annual Purge doesn't stop at daybreak and instead should never end. Okay, okay, okay. So that's pretty good description. Yeah, that's that's fine. It's not as good as mine, but it's fine. It's It'll to the say. point, succinct, and great. <laughs> All right, so The Forever Purge is the latest in the Purge movies. How many Purge movies are there, Sid Talk? Mm, I'm guessing seven. Mm, not, not close. <laughs> this would be number five. Well, seven's close. What do you... But, okay, but, what do you consider close to seven? I mean, five. This would be number five, but we have watched two seasons of the TV show, though, so that's probably why you think there's seven. I would guess you're right. Yeah. All right, so we've watched them all from the beginning, actually. I would say I'm kind of a fan of The Purge. Yeah. I mean, I like the concept from the very beginning. It's it's not always great, like super high quality acting and stuff, but I love the concept, so I like to see their vision of what, what it's all about. Yeah, and it does, this, you know, if you've watched it from the beginning... It has kind of changed over the time. Even I mean, we're kind of diehard because we even watch the TV show. Right on. We are diehard. We're the diehard purges. <laughs> we haven't purged yet. No, we're not going to be purging. Well, if, if, it, if it comes <sighs> about, we'll have to. No, you won't. I know you. I know you well enough to know. I'll, pur- I'll purge gonna... it. No, you won't. <laughs> I would be the first one to purge. Here's how it happens. I'd be driving down the road and some asshole would cut me off. I'd be like, you know what, mofo? Today's the purge. I'm declaring today the purge. Yeah. And then, uh, I don't know, what would be my weapon of choice? I don't know. I don't like, I like explosions and like knife fights. I don't like anything in between. A gun seems like I cheating, I don't fancy right? you in a knife fight. In a knife fight. <laughs> no. 
I'm not saying I'd survive. <laughs> I'd be the one getting purged if I was in the knife fight. But yeah, I don't know. I'm not a violent person, though, just so everybody's understanding this. Even though you just revealed your deepest, darkest secrets, that you wanted to be in a knife fight. Or blow somebody up. I'll blow somebody Not up. really blow up somebody. More like, here, I want to make a point. You a-hole, I'm going to throw a little bomb at your wheel and make you go into the ditch. And then you can curse me as I drive past. I'm not wanting to kill you. I'm just purging you from the road. Was I not making that clear? I just want to purge traffic. Right. That's my pur- That would be my, if I were to run the country, I'd be like, today is a national day of purging traffic. Everyone off the fucking road except for me. So yours is a bit like the movie Falling Down. He's just <laughs> yes. like annoyed with the uh, traffic. Yes, And yes. it sets him off. Yeah, I'm good with that. All right, so let's get back to the pur- the Forever Purge. What did you think? I actually enjoy them, and I know that sounds terrible because it's ultra-violent and it's got a lot of controversial ideas and things going on, but um, I always find it entertaining, and I think it there's a lot of really beautifulness to it, shot beautifully. I mean, and the sets dressing, the set dressings, like when you look at some of the sets, like at the ranch and in the horse house whatever that's called the stable (laughs) (laughs) or like even in the places where they're holed up or where they're going through that building to get through the little safe area safe area it looked like a school or a church you know it also looks really genuine and the camera work looks beautiful i just think it's it looks nice so i've i always am entertained visually it's a visual feast I like the idea, so I always want to see how it plays out. I'm not going to criticize their their plan. If I want to write a Purge movie, I'll just write it myself. Yeah, and we just came off the back of the uh, TV show. We just watched the whole season of the t- the second season of the TV show. And even the TV show looked good. And mm-hmm. if you've not watched the TV show and you're a Purge movie fan, it is really just like watching a 10-hour Purge movie. Mm-hmm. They don't scrimp. It it just feels like the movies. So if you're a Purge fan and you've always thought, well, I'm not watching the TV show. It's kind of it's going to be cheap, right? It isn't. It's just like they made a long movie. And I think the TV show was just as good as the movies, if if not better than some of the movies, because I've not liked all of them. Don't know about you. There was one in particular. They're kind of. I mean, they're just not. I feel like they're trying to be economical, and I'm not going to say cheap, but that's what I mean. You know, they're trying to be. Yeah. Yeah. This one, again, though, like you said, it didn't feel like it was trying to be cheap because it had quite a big scope to it Mm -hmm. and there was a lot going on. I liked in this movie how we're kind of familiar with The Purge at this point, I would say comfortable. So when we sit down to watch a Purge movie, we're we're waiting for it's an hour to Purge and then there's The (laughs) Purge... Yeah, the purge siren goes off and you're like, oh, here we go. And the purge happens and, you know, it gets all crazy. But like the way this movie does it is really, I thought it was really cool because it does all those things that you're waiting for. You hear the purge thing, you see the purge, and then you hear the purge siren that indicates the end of the purge. And you're like, oh, okay. And I said to you, well, that was kind of uneventful. Is that the end? The end. (laughs) Even though it wasn't uneventful, there was people being lined up in the streets and killed. There was lots of murder going on. Don't get me wrong. But then the purge ends and then people start to go around the daily business again, like day after. And it seems like the purge didn't end. Correct. It's extended or something's happening. And that's Do you the, mean it's forever? Yeah. And that's the big thing about this movie, because then you're like, oh, well, there used to be rules and now there's nothing, right? It's just people carrying on with it because exactly. they've decided to. And I thought that was actually a really good way for this to go. 
because I feel like we've seen different variations of the Purge Knight throughout the movies. We've seen it from the side of the founding fathers, remember? Like, so we've mm-hmm. saw we've seen the in the TV show like the bureaucracy side of it, like the the management of it, how it's all contained, and we've seen that. We've seen it from just regular people's point of view, and we've seen it from like maniac's point of view as well right we've yeah but at this point seeing it from the country's point of view like a split in the country of the people who what do they call themselves oh you mean the forever purgers yeah like ever after or ever after yeah like happily ever after Mm -hmm. or purge ever after you keep seeing this logo like early on in the movie on the walls and on posters and you're like what's that is that just a purge group or something like one of these groups that dress up on purge night but then you you find out quickly that they've been uprising mm-hmm. for the last there hasn't been a purge for 10 years at this point because why why was that well uh, we have to watch the other movies a lady was elected president who wanted to end the purge and so she ended the purge for two years and then it was gone and here we are uh, eventually the, great explanation i just think you should watch the movies yeah eventually the fathers got back in and decided you know immediately put the purge back on because that's their selling point usp right <laughs> yes and then here's the purge again and it's from the angle of these people who have decided to make the forever purge go on and the other people who were unaware of that and are just trying to survive the whole thing and then it's also got a like Mexican immigrant slash. It's got a political, Absolutely. racial type. This one doesn't have the racial thing like the first TV series did. No. That one was hardcore, you know. I mean, this one like covers Nazis very ever so slightly. and. Well, I think it's just showing an example of a person who wants extreme, to. Like- they have an idea of what America is. And comes in many, many forms, right? And uh, one of them happened to have a swastika on his face. Right. He was the worst thing about the movie, I thought. He was very bad. He was like a really bad actor or something. It wasn't great, unfortunately. He was really over the top. That was the point. Yeah. But it was kind of... He didn't seem menacing, though, because, I mean, you know. No. I was like, what is this? It's got a certain tone to it, and then all of a sudden, there's this weirdo. (laughs) It's like, did we go into Mad Max territory all of a sudden? (laughs) But it was very strange. So that's where this goes, and it and it turns into this road movie, really, where they're in this truck, and they're trying to get from, where are they, Texas, mm-hmm. to the Mexican border, because it's like a role reversal thing. Like you Ameri- don't really have to go from Texas to the border. The border is along the bottom of Texas. Right. Well, yeah. they do have to get in a truck and go there. Right. Across a little bit of Texas. They didn't have to go very far, Sound looks like to me. And it's like this role reversal of like... Americans want to get to Mexico to be safe and Mexicans want to get out of America to be yeah, safe. Yeah, that part's a little heavy-handed. I'm like, oh, come on. But I get I get what they're saying. But it is kind of, it's slightly powerful at the end where you realize when it zooms out and you're like, oh. And they've billed this movie as the final Purge movie, but I can guarantee you this is not the final Purge movie. It doesn't feel like it. No, it feels like it's the beginning of, like, chapter two of the Purge story. Like Right, because, I mean, we've just opened up the entire country. Cities are falling to these Purge rebellions and revolutionaries. They're taking down the NFFA. The NFFA is the 
government, well, they're not the government, but they're their own private organization that invented it. And now they kind of own the presidents, you know, except for that lady who won. And they're even falling to these revolutionaries. And yeah. so in 10 years, I would like to see a movie about what's happened in the meantime. Yeah. And I feel that that's how, if the Purge series continues, they've got a nice kind of starting point here for something that's even more extreme you know than mm-hmm. than what went before it so yeah, i don't think you've seen the last of the purge and uh, i was quite satisfied with how it went the only thing i wasn't satisfied with on the movie was there were people to root for because we you're with a little band of people but i didn't really feel for anybody too much it just felt like a bunch of people i felt like rosa was my the one i was the most right rooting for but even the baddies like they tried to go, well, here's a big bad guy you're supposed to care. Like, you're supposed to, like, be feared when he comes and you're supposed to, there'll probably be a big showdown with him. But that was, like, all really amounting to nothing, right? True, because he wasn't that I mean, tough there was whatever. a little showdown with him, but, I mean, it was the most anticlimactic showdown ever. <laughs> yeah. There was nothing to it. And then there was a bit of an action scene in the desert with vehicles and stuff, but it wasn't really, it wasn't needed even. It wasn't really what it was about, I don't think. Because at, at that point, you'd seen like people killing each other. And we all know at five movies into the series that during the purge, people kill each other. And now this new threat is it doesn't matter if it's the purge or not. You're probably going to die. right? <laughs> because there were rules during the purge, which we didn't even understand because we don't think they were explained well in the movies. Mm-mm. The TV show with a couple of lines of dialogue explained to us that certain weapons and explosives were actually illegal so it's not 100% do what you want there are some things you can't do and in this movie with a line of dialogue they also said it now because we were always like well why aren't people just blowing everything up and like killing like hundreds of people at once right and the thing is on that night you're not going to get caught i mean we know from the show that they have this organization it's very elaborate they elaborate they can track you down so if you did blow up a whole building they might be able to then prosecute you and then your sentence is death like any crime that you commit that's outside of these rules or on any other day of the year the sentence is on purge night according to the show they kill you so it's pretty severe but then again if you planned it long enough and this is what i was saying before we started recording if you're really gonna be that badass and really try to take down a city or a nation you plan a long time in ahead yeah And I think season two of the TV show did a really good job of like filling in the blanks of you thinking, because it does show you like how in surveillance everybody is and they can run, like find who you are and they can see whether you did something on purge night and there's cameras everywhere and everything is like, there's even like a clean up. Okay, they say that, but then we have our serial killer with the weird mask and nobody caught him. Yeah. So I don't feel like it was a little bit of hit and miss there on that those rules but it did fill in a lot of the like oh wonder how all this is organized exactly if you watch that tv show that's really what that covers that second season so this one like covers the forever purge it's like uh two things it's like this these mexican people and then also this rich white american cattle farmers are they no not cattle farmers they're horse people like a ranch yeah horse ranch so it follows both of them and they collide together and then it's a that's where it gets a bit political and a bit about the mexican border and all that sort of stuff but it doesn't go like too like crazy with it no uh, the poster i can the- imagine some people roll their eyes at it all like oh another movie to preach at me about how bad it is to be white yeah somebody's gonna complain about that let them complain yeah does this movie tackle it from all angles though it kind of does i mean they bring in native american folks yeah but not 
Really? So their point of view is sneaking in there, but we haven't, well, there's not much to it. He uh, says, we've been fighting this battle, meaning against the white man. Yep. That's what he was saying, not just implying that's what he meant. Yes, exactly. For what he 500 meant. years. And so I feel like this is an introduction to that idea because part of these purgers mantra is to purify America, to get back to the real Americans, the real citizens of this land. And I'm like, oh, that's a clue. <laughs> that you, Mr. European, who came over on some boat some time ago, uh, somebody's going to try to purge you in the future. Yeah. Are you talking about me? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd be the first. You did not come here on a boat. <laughs> I'm a limey. I'll be purged first. <laughs> so I, li I really liked it. And it has a different feel. And I said to you, like, in the middle of the movie that, it's the first time we've seen like the purge style activities happening during the daytime. Because mm -hmm. usually it's between what? Is it seven o'clock at night? I make it sound like a camp. It's the purge style activities, everybody. Well, I wasn't going <laughs> to say the purge because it isn't strictly the purge no. once the siren's gone off. So it's people are still purging after the purge siren goes off. In the daytime, usually we see from 7 p.m. till 7 a.m. So it's always like in the city, it's always dark and stuff's going on. But this time it's in Texas, it's daytime and people are being, there's all kinds of crap going on. People firing RPGs. It's not, and it's not like big time though. You don't see a lot of like over the top purging. There's person-on-person -person violence here and there, like in an alley and, you know, but then, yeah, the big action scenes, you get the big stuff. But as far as the purge goes, it was pretty limited. Yeah, I think the purge was pretty limited because they wanted to say, look, here's the purge. You've seen that before. Here's the bit we want you to see, right? Mm -hmm. At this point. Yeah. And then we're in this truck and it's this road trip thing. And you're right, even this is like limited because we have a battle in a street. We have a battle in the desert. It is kind of limited in locations. But you do see some big action. And, you know, there's lots of shooting. There's lots of bow and arrows. There's <laughs> lots of kind of Mad Max style vehicles, even even though they're not Mad Max style, but it but feels But they seem that like a joke. Yeah. A little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. People with strange masks on and the poster i was saying earlier is a bit of a false thing it's cool the poster if you look at the poster there's a man on a horse with the american flag on the horse and he, he just looks intimidating and weird and he's got an axe and yes he's in the movie his horse is not just him no. and just his, she just sees him at the bus window yeah and and the moment you see him because i've already seen the poster i'm like oh here he is and then it's you never see creepy. him again yeah, yeah. Uh, which I found really odd. Like, it was almost like he was left on the cutting room floor or something. It was similar to the creepy people from the first one. Yeah, which like, you saw in the trailer all the time. Yeah, and then, they, I mean, it was creepy, but they didn't have that big of a part to play. Like, yeah, like the ones who come to the door with the masks mm -hmm. on, yeah. You saw them in the trailer, and when it came down to the movie, it wasn't really them, was it? It was just, I mean, it wasn't about them. No. Even the girls, the sexy girls wandering down the street in one of them, they're in the trailer, like, you see them, you see them, and then you they walk past, and that's it. Yeah, it's like, somebody's like, this is a cool graphic, these look so cool. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's it. That's and all that's there is to it. that's what happens here, too. So if you're waiting for that guy on the front cover who looks really cool, like a comic book character, you'll see him, but don't... Don't blink. Yeah, don't, don't go to the bathroom. Or <laughs> Okay, here's a question for people. You watch movies at home. You're watching with three or four people. Do you just tell everyone, I'm going to pee now, and you pause, and everyone has to wait on you, or do you just get up and go pee? Yeah? Survey I question. Pause, and the other person has to wait. The other person is me, and yeah. yes, that's how we do it. <laughs> yeah, because we don't want to miss. No, but if you're in a the theater, you can't pause it. You can't, and you that's, can't... The, that's the benefit of watching it is, at home. It is, but I'm saying if you're with a group of people. Oh, 
if you've got four or five people and you're, you're all watching it together, your friends, I mean, if they're your children, I suppose you're used to bossing them around. So you just be like, I'm pausing now. I'm going to the toilet. Everybody else go to the toilet while I've paused. But if it's like your friends and they're all into it, you know, breaking the rhythm of the movie. Yeah, I'd break the rhythm. <laughs> I know you would. I know I'm you not. would. I'm asking them, the they, oh. the people of the world. All right, so the cast of this movie, Anna Della Riguria. She plays, who does she play? Adela or Rosa. Her yeah. name is actually Rosa or Adela. Which I'm interesting why they keep calling her different things, but I don't know. And we saw her recently in Army of the Dead. Mm-hmm. But she's been in plenty of different things. What I like you- her. She's my favorite thing in the whole movie. Yeah. She's not a thing, but she's my favorite part of this whole movie. I really liked uh, Josh Lucas, who's up next, as Dylan Tucker. He was one of my favorite things of the movie. I didn't think he would be at first. I'm like, oh, God. But yeah, but he was fine. Yeah, because he has like an arc. And like I said to you, like in the final scene with him, I'm like, wow, this guy has think about where he was and what he's doing. I mean, he wasn't a super hater on the Mexican folks at all. He was more like and he explained himself. I don't mean that. arc. I mean, he was he's like rich ranch guy oh, yeah. and now he's like in, in, the Me- in mexico like with a baby and nothing like everything yeah. he said to leave and we don't know what happened to his I mean, ranch there's a big he killed all those him. guys though but yeah i like that guy i feel like it he was you were tempted to feel like oh he's gonna be the the Awful. bad white man and he was just honest and said i just don't know why we can't just stick we can all be here but we can just keep to our own keep to ourselves i'm not advocating that i'm just saying that's his he wasn't like get out of my country to the mexican guy working on his ranch he was more like i don't understand you you don't understand me why do we have to be together yeah interact you know? at all yeah then we've got levin rumbling as harper tucker that's his pregnant no, she's, no wife. harper's a sister oh true that is true yeah yeah and i liked her too she, she gave me vibes of um sherry moon zombie in one of those zombie mo- in one oh, of those not mo- at all she's so much better than her no offense ms moon <laughs> but no that's no, who no, i kept no, thinking no. of when she's with a shotgun and she's walking along looking tough no 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 she was much better than that and cassidy freeman is cassidy tucker she's the pregnant wife Mm, yeah, and she was fine too. She was just crying and scared the whole time, but she was, I mean, you would be, wouldn't you? Yes. <laughs> and Will Patton, I really like Will Patton, is Caleb Spoiler, Tucker. you're going to say. I'm not going to say. Oh. But Will Patton's in it. <laughs> Spoiler, Will Patton's in it. <laughs> he was also in Minari recently, which he was very good in. Mm-hmm. I like him. I just like him. He's an interesting, he's just an interesting uh, He's got actor. a lot of variables, yeah. that guy. This is directed by Everardo Gout. You know what? You know what this guy directed? He directed episodes of Luke Cage, hmm. episodes of The Terror, which was a TV show with uh, George. I was going to say George Picard, but you know, you know, what I'm talking about. No, George from um, Star Trek. George from Star Trek. Yeah. Oh my. Oh, George Takei. Yeah, George Takei. <laughs> I'm mixing it up. I was going George oh Picard. No, it's not George Picard. That's Jean-Luc Picard, who's fictional, and George Takei, who is real. Yeah, so, and this guy also... Also, completely different series of Star Trek, but whatever. You're crossing the streams there a little bit inside of the world. And this guy also directed uh, episodes of the TV show of Snowpiercer, which is the one Mm. about the train. Every time I think I want to watch that, I don't know. I, I started it once, and it seemed really cheap and, like, ugh. And then I didn't, and I was being judgmental and terrible. So maybe I need to try it again. I think it's by the guy who did. It's a Korean director. Mm. You remember? Mm-mm. Might be the guy who did the host, or you know, you, you know that one. 
Yes. IMDb reviews. What oh. are the, what are those? Oh, it's reviews about movies on IMDb. It's pretty straightforward. <laughs> and you like to read the ones that are one star because they seem so extreme uh, or lazy. I don't know. Uh, mostly lazy. <laughs> Let's see how many one star reviews there are for this movie. There are 78. So I'll read all 78. Here we go. You ready? Okay. I'm ready. It's going to be the world's longest podcast. I'm ready. First one says, wait till you can watch this for free. It's tasteless. Tasteless. Okay. Second one says, Jesus Hollywood is dead, R.I.P. Jesus Hollywood or like Jesus Hollywood is no, dead? No, actually Jesus Hollywood. Like like second, first name Jesus, second name Hollywood. Okay. I didn't know that was a guy, but okay. Third one and the, and the final one, woke fest garbage. Woke fest. Yeah, I knew somebody would get up on that. The entire film is a lecture for evil white men. I want my two hours back. You know, it's not really pointed at you specifically. It's an idea. It's a a cautionary tale like every other script you've ever written, including the scripts that are religious scripts. It's about human behavior, possibilities of making bad choices, maybe how we can be better as human beings. Yes. So if you take it super personally, I mean, I don't know what to tell you, but... It's not real It's not life. about you. Also. <laughs> I mean, it's it's making commentary on someone's observations of how people are and the potential for how people can be or the reality of how we are. We're terrible, right? We can be terrible to each other yeah. in all contexts. And a reality is that racially, culturally, ethnically, linguistically, demographically, every other way you can geographically, we're separate. We separate each other, but we're really all the same, right? So that's kind of the idea. So when someone's an extremist and they want to eliminate someone who's different from them, from their little landscape, their little bubble of their life, it doesn't really fall in line with, hey guys, we're all hurling through space on a fucking rock. We're all going to die eventually in our lives. Everything will be gone in a billion years or something. So why can't we just not be assholes? Like it's super simple question. And these are just ways of exploring how not to be an asshole. Yep. There's nothing really to do with you being white or black or whatever. You can take it that way if you want. And yes, those are the things they have to use to visually tell us the story and to use cultural markers that are in reality. Because black people and white people, there is there is conflict. Mexican people and American people who have a problem with that. Yes, there's conflict. I just don't understand. It's like the song, you know... You're so vain applies to every single motherfucker who thinks that every single one of these movies or fictional book or meme on Facebook, idiot memes, are pointed directly at them personally because they're so egotistical. It's disgusting. There are no extras here. <laughs> are you tired of my ranting? No, I'm just moving along, <laughs> moving us along. There are no extras here. This isn't your advice part, so like... You know. It isn't, you're right. That was all, that was all freebie right there yeah. for you. There are no extras, but you can stream this right now on all the streaming places like Voodoo, etc. So you can stream it. And I think it costs $20, said Doc. I wouldn't stream it for $20. Well, I'd you wouldn't know for... whether it was worth $20 before you saw it. I wouldn't stream any movie for $20. I'd buy it. If I want to buy it and own it, I'll do that. Otherwise, I'm not paying $20. Well, there's some more advice from Sid Talk for you. No, that's just what I would do. I'm <laughs> not you. I, a lot of people have no problem with that. A lot of people wouldn't have just spent $50 on seeds, which I did. So I'm not telling you how to spend your money. I'm just saying I wouldn't spend $20 to watch a movie anymore. So I'm going to give Unless this, I own it. I'm going to give it a score. And I'm going to give this movie a 6 out of 10. 6, okay. Why a 6? That's just barely over average. 
I think it is Bell, just just over average. Okay. And you know, if I was to give it a score like in the just all the purge movies and TV show I'd seen, I still think it's a six. Okay. Because it's not the best one, and it's not the worst one. Well, that is right in the middle of the road. Yes, so six <laughs> is perfect. Fair enough. I was going to give it like a 7.4, because I think for what it is in the world that it lives in, the way it looks, the questions that I am into, I mean, it's not, I'm not a pliable, moldable lump of shit on the ground that a little fictional movie can like... <gasps> influence the way that I see and think about the world. Oh my God. It's just somebody's ideas and I'm interested and they do it well enough. It's not an eight or a nine or a 10, right? But it's right up in there for what it is and compared in its own little world. I All like right. it. So next week we will review another movie. Yay. Really? Yeah. Always, another movie. Always a movie. Always a movie. <laughs> so movie recommendations. I am going on this movie we've just watched. And the main lady was in Dust Till Dawn, the series, which I'll always try and plug. You love that. There was three seasons. The first season is essentially a remake of the film that you've seen. And the second two seasons are like chapter two and chapter three of what happened next. And it was all really fun, right? And a mm -hmm. really good vampire slash, <laughs> I was going to say zombie, but vampire thing. And my other one is Josh Lucas, who's one of the stars of this movie, was in another movie called American Psycho back in the day, which is a really, really cool, satirical serial killer movie. Mm. Starring, who does it star? What was the movie? American Psycho. Oh, Batman. Yeah, <laughs> it's a very cool movie. I read, I'd already read the book before the movie came out, so I was preparing for something when I went to watch it, and it was not as what, the book was at all, was it? But it was also something cool. I mean, it was because it's horrible. Yeah, but, but not it can quite the be same. full on American Psycho because it was really not the book is full on, and the the movie is yeah. a more light. It's funny in parts, I don't and wanna, the book is definitely not funny. I think funny is a bit of a stretch. It's it a is little quite bit funny. scary that my husband would think that that movie has any comedy to it. It has quite a lot. Mm, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> you're scaring me and yours are my recommendations are hanky panky and author author don't Wait. know them. hanky panky i don't remember i believe it is um <laughs> sounds like a poem if you want to know what's going on in 2021 i am recommending movies on the list of movies i've seen from the 80s now the 80s was a long decade and i was young and i was drunk a lot so i don't remember specific every detail about every movie but i know that I've seen it. So Hanky Panky, I believe, let me just look it up real quick. It's from 1982. Yes, Gene Wilder and Gilda Radner. Completely innocent man, Michael Jordan, is drawn into a web of government secrets when a girl carrying a mysterious package gets into a cab with him. So there you go. All right. It's wacky. And then author, author, which is Al Pacino in a comedy role. Not seen it. Well, there you go. Saw that on HBO many times. So Ace Cully stuff this week. I have been playing a game called Foreclosed. It's from Merge Games. Did you see me play Foreclosed at all? Mm, I kind of for like half a second. It didn't look that compelling to me. It's a, like a comic book style story based game. Mm. And it uses like panels, like a comic book panels. In fact, the first thing I said to you was, why is there a big border around this game? Like yeah. it's not filling the screen. Well, it's a comic book style I would call it a shooter, like a third-person shooter, but it isn't really. It's If you're into stealth games where you have to creep around and like sneak past people, that's kind of what the game is a lot. But then there's also sections of shooting and story.
story and it uses the ps5 in interesting ways like there's a lady t- who's like trying to get you from one place to another and she's inside the controller as a voice so she speaks to you through the controller which is kind of novel i've not seen that done before it's cell shaded i would say or comic book looking very com- it's not cell shaded but yeah it's got the vibe of a definite graphic novel type yeah. of deal And that's really what it is. It's like an interactive graphic novel. Now, I wish I had like fully, um, I've not played it all. I've played like an hour or so. But I wish I had fully like good thoughts for this one. But I don't (laughs) because it was kind of irritating. Oh, dear. So first off, I like the art style. I think it's really good. But second is it's not very well explained what you have to do. And I've I've played games since I was a child, right? So it's not like I don't get it. But there was a section... I got to and I'd crawled through this vent and I'm stood on this balcony and there's a there's literally like a icon on the screen that says go over there but there's no way to go over there and I'm like am I stupid what am I not doing like I'm pressing every button I'm trying to get over there I'm trying to climb up this pipe that it won't let me I'm trying to open a door that it won't let me and I'm like I don't know what to do I'm stuck it never explained anything it just wants me to go over there so I pulled up a YouTube video and it was a guy you know doing a walkthrough of the game And I got to the part where I'm stuck. And the guy's like, what's going on here? They've not told me what to do. I'm stuck. (laughs) And he was stuck for a full 10 to 15 minutes until somebody in his Twitch chat told him that he needs to go back to where he was originally, like like backtrack. Okay. There's no indication of that. I would have given up, to be honest, if I wouldn't have watched the video and found out how to do it. It's really unintuitive. Like it needs like to tell you a little bit, like maybe put an arrow somewhere or something if you don't figure it out right away. So that happened. I solved that problem by watching a YouTube video and then I got past that part and then I got to this next part where it was like creeping across this roof and not letting these guys see you and it didn't seem to be a way to do it without and I kept failing, 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 failing and I was like what am I doing wrong? So I went back to this guy's video and here he is failing, 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 failing and I'm like oh he's doing it too. So I watched his video and then out, out of pure luck he found this tiny little like crevice where you can like hide behind which you can't really see because even you said oh it's really small. Yes. Everything's really small. Yeah you were standing up, you walked over to a yeah. large television and stood looking at it like that. <laughs> I was like what are you doing? So I like the story because it's a cyberpunk kind of story with like implants in your brain and like you don't really know where you are. Uh, well, you're in this city, but you you don't really know what the the big conspiracy is. I like all that stuff, but the gameplay, it, it feels like a headache, to be fair. Hmm. So I wasn't into that. But uh, it's called Foreclosed. It's on the Switch and it's also on the PlayStation. feel like it might be better on the Switch, like just like a handheld game that you can play. You know? Oh, so you can hold it right up to your face. Hold it right it. up to your face and see those tiny little places where you're supposed to. But anyway, maybe it was a re- maybe it was designed for the Switch um, primarily. And then when you sat like, you know, eight feet away from a screen, everything's a bit... Or maybe I'm just old and I can't see properly. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. So the other game I've been playing is a game called Glitch Punk. Again, it's another cyberpunk style game cyberpunk's the big thing now in video game sid talk okay even though cyberpunk 2077 came out last year and you know remember all the problems with that and it never still not fixed now by the way and we're nearly a year away from it but everybody and his dogs i mean i don't remember that because games are not my life but i understand what you're saying well everybody and his dogs trying to make a cyberpunk game now because it's like the hit the hit thing so this one's called glitch punk and it's on steam what this one is concerning is it's like 
the old school GTA games. Now, if you're not as old as me. You're really on the old kick today. Yeah, and you were probably brought up on GTA 3, 4, 5, and, you know, those games, which are 3D and, you know, you're running around an open world. Well, before that, there was two G- two or three GTA games that where it all started that were from above. You know, that kind of scenario where mm-hmm. you're looking down on cars from above. The original. Yeah, so this game, Glitchpunk, is a cyberpunk version of, like, one of the old GTA games. There's open world missions, but everything's in that camera angle from above. But it's next-gen looking. I mean, it doesn't look like an old game. And I actually think this one is really cool because I haven't played a game from above like that for quite some time, you know, with cars in it. And there's a definite thing about those games that brings you back to, like, you know when games are a bit simpler? Yeah. Games are pretty complicated now, right? We was playing uh, Watch Dogs yesterday. It's such a complicated game. You would have a hard time even wrapping your head around it. Do you know what I'm saying? Thanks. Uh, mechanically, I mean. <laughs> Thanks. Like how to control it. Got it. Right? You can control... So you're you, not actually insulting me? You like playing the golf game. You can control that, uh, right? I don't love it because I, I want it to be a little bit more... A little more skill, to be honest. But it will be. Uh, you just got to get further. Okay. It will be. This glitch punk is on Steam... Um, it's in early access, so there's just one like portion of the story available now. But if you do buy it, as the new sections of the story come out, they just download into your game. So you are getting a whole big long story. It's just the there's this thing nowadays called early access, Sid Talk, where they bring out a game before it's finished, basically. You buy it, and then eventually it gets finished. What do you think of that idea? I think it's really stupid. That's like me going to the store and saying, well, I know you're going to milk a cow next week, so I'm going to go ahead and give you my $4. And then uh, when you get that milk, call me up and I'll come and get it. Yeah. It's, but you know, it's a carrot on a stick and you all keep falling for it. So Is it like those, uh, like renting the Forever Purge, but only getting 45 minutes of it and then they tell us the rest will be along soon? No, it'd be like them saying this movie's going to come out in three months. Give us your $20 now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So in three months, you can watch it. It's ridiculous. It's it like is, Kickstarter. You don't pay for a house that way. You don't pay for a car like that unless you're pre-ordering some fancy ass car or you're building a house. You got to pay to get your house built but i mean i don't pay the mortgage on my house for a year and then then go okay now you can move into your house i'm uh, not a massive fan of this either the early access model and it's not because of that what it is for me is because they put it out in early access and by the time it does become the full game it's usually completely changed because they've like listen to people's feedback it might even look different at that point and, and you also be tired of it a bit. and you're tired of it exactly right. so when the when they go hey we're out of early access now the full game's available i'm usually like i don't care i'm out yeah i've already played it i don't i don't really don't want to play it again so yeah i don't like early access but in this case i just really it's a cool game glitch Big corporate weasels stop doing the prepaid bullshit just make a thing that's pretty good and then let people buy i mean these are like this is like a very indie game so it's not corporate weasels but well they are they want to make it's are they a company they're a small corporation but they're a company they want to ensure that they're making money you know that's not how all businesses work (laughs) so you make some shit and you hope people buy it so that's some more advice sit talks full of advice (laughs) full of advice that's a nice way of saying it yes so that's glitch punk it's on steam and you can get it in early access now. And, you know, when I say, like, there's only the first area. Well, the first area is about 12 hours long, apparently. So it's not like you're getting nothing. So, But you don't want to play it for 12 hours. I played it for about five so far. So that's Glitch Punk. It's on Steam. Sid Talk, what's for dinner? Jimmy John's. And what is your advice? <laughs>
I think I've given you lots of advice already. What are you, greedy? You are. I mean, geez, I'm overflowing with advice. Um, I mean, it kind of goes in line with what I was saying earlier, kind of, sort of. I do not understand extremism of anything, I guess, except for getting rid of all traffic. That's extreme. I, I support that. But I don't know the best way to run a society. I don't. So you're not going to get that from me. I'm not going to say, oh, everybody needs to own a gun or nobody should own a gun or everybody should have a religion, the same religion, none of that shit. Or no one should have a religion or make all the schools teach sex education by the time kids are five. There's no extreme point of view that I have. That does not mean that I can't identify the worst ideas or that I'm in the middle, like I don't care. That's what a lot of people think when you don't take an extreme or leaning one direction or another. You don't have to be extreme. My, that's, a, oh, that's subjective, right, to what that means. But anything that's absolute, all people should do this, all the people should do that, all the yards should be two inches high, you know? If you want to live in a place like that and that's how it's regulated, that's cool. That's not for the whole of a democratic republic to be run. Like all of everything all the time. Boom, boom, boom. Pounding the desk. This is how it should be. So I don't know the best way, but I know the worst ways to be a human in a society. Like what would you think is one of the worst ways to be as a human? Like actually the worst way. Murderer. Okay, murderer's good. That's a bit generic. But yeah, I would be like a person who wants to take out all their own bullshit on the world, their own pain and suffering, their own getting their dick hard or whatever they got to get a sexual or some other personal grat like physical gratification out of hurting someone, obtaining something, someone who wants more than they think this world is giving them. Like they're just demanding and entitled to something more because of pain or because they're just greedy. I don't know where it all comes from, right? To me, that's the worst way to be. But I don't know the best way because there's no opposite of that that makes any sense. You can't be la-di-da, everything's perfect. Everybody's just grow a garden and hold hands and sing and be happy and everybody's healthy and will live in shacks and have dirty feet and blah, blah, blah. That, that's what I'm imagining as the opposite. <laughs> that's me being very close-minded. But that's like the very opposite over there, right? Everybody just live and be happy and da-da-da-da-da. That doesn't work either. None of this means that I don't have an opinion about very individual, isolated, specific things about government, religion, economics, how we should be in a society, all that kind of stuff. And that's fine. When I'm in a conversation with people who do have a very strong, or in my opinion, sometimes an extreme view, and no matter what you say or what you do, that if you are not in that little camp over there, you are rejected. They want to convert you or make it so you don't exist to themselves, to them in their world. Or they want to grind you down so hard that you're invisible so that what you do believe or you think doesn't matter anymore because they're right. And that's it, right? And that can apply to anything. That can apply to a person who's come up to believe that women should be enslaved and not drive and be baby factories and be held inside and not walk alone on the streets at night, which I disagree with all that stuff, unless the woman has come of age and decided, yep, that's how I want my life to be. Or it could be the person who thinks that, I don't even know what's an extreme thing, you know, about like that everyone should be required to have, be a Christian. Like you're required. You have to have papers. You have to declare it. You have to go to school for it. You have to be given some sort of certificate to prove 
that you are Christian. Otherwise, get out of my country. You know what I mean? Like that kind of extremist stuff. I think those are all the wrong, the worst options. But I don't know the best one. Well, good so. advice. It isn't advice. It's no. just saying like, it's it's exhausting. It's, it's exhausting to think that you have to commit to a thing just because the people around you are. And then they'll try to make you think or feel that you're worthless because you're not on their train, right? Their train is forging ahead and they're right and they're all shiny and glossy and perfect and they're fucking running the world and everybody else can just fuck off, right? Because we're right and you are a loser. You're, you're meaningless because you won't commit to my thing. You won't even commit to the other thing. So you're nothing. No, that's not true. I mean, it's actually really not true. You could just live your whole life, have zero opinions about anything. Grow up, eat some food, make some money, pay some bills, and then die. <laughs> like, and have nothing to contribute or not or take away from society at all. You're just living and that's it. All right. And they have no right to tell you that that's not how a life should be. So there's your advice. <laughs> Very good advice. Isn't it? Bayscully.com is the website you can go to. I'll give you some advice. Go there. It's cool. <laughs> you can also catch us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Bayscully.com, anchor.fm slash after the show. We're on all the podcast networks, including Spotify, iTunes. Uh, which are the ones? All, all the of ones. them. All the ones. We're on uh, email, aschoolatescoolie.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She doesn't like any of you. Did you notice how podcasting is becoming popular again? Hey, she mustn't like you because she didn't correct me. I don't dislike anybody. I oh. just think there might you might be the worst of society, but that doesn't mean I dislike you. And finally, stay classy, The Purge. This is not the end of The Purge. I am telling you right now. Is that the name of the next movie? The Purge, This is not the end. The Purge, stay classy <laughs> is the new one. And Ron Burgundy's in it. Yeah. <laughs> if nobody knows, that's where that comes from, by the way. And I'm going to say, think for yourself, because if you don't do it, I guarantee you somebody will easily and happily do it for you. <laughs>